Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I've got Kimberly White, who's the co-founder and CEO of Jabs Boxing. That's J-A-B-Z Boxing, Jabs Boxing, which is a Phoenix-based female-only boxing studio franchise that features circuit-style workouts using boxing-inspired exercises. White, along with co-founder and president Len Hako, opened the first studio in 2012 in Scottsdale, Arizona, and began franchising the following year. Jabs Boxing currently has about 20 franchise studios. Hope you enjoy this episode with Kim. You can tell she's very passionate about this brand, and it's an interesting story to hear about not only how her and Len got this thing going, but how quickly they began the franchise process and what that's been like for them. So without further ado, hope you enjoy my interview with Kimberly White. Hello, Kimberly. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Excited to have you on the show today to talk about Jabs Boxing, a uh, female-only boxing studio franchise based out of uh, Arizona. And always love hearing about these real niche franchise practices. So thrilled to have you on today and would love to kind of kick it off by you sharing a little bit about yourself and your background and what led you to creating the Jabs Boxing franchise. Sure. Well, thank you, Josh, for having um, me on. I'm very excited to share information about Jabs. Um, so just a little bit of background um, about myself. I'm originally from Philadelphia. I played sports my whole life. I love being active. I actually traveled out to Arizona when I was a senior in high school and fell in love with the area. So I decided to relocate to go to ASU. Um, and then once you come to Arizona from Philadelphia, you see palm trees and cacti and the warm weather and you don't move back. So I got my master's degree in special education and I was a school teacher for eight years and three of those years overlapped with jobs. How jobs, you know, kind of came about is my business partner, Len, he's also from the Philadelphia area. We're big Eagles fans, by the way, big Eagles fans. He was a boxing promoter out here in Arizona. He had moved out here to be closer to um, his father. And a lot of women were approaching him about, you know, becoming boxers or just, you know, getting more into boxing um, for fitness. So he had put me through a mini circuit um, at just a local gym out here. And, you know, we were so active, we would, you know, play basketball or go hiking. And he said, you know, why don't you come to, you know, LA Fitness and I'm going to put you through this little, you know, boxing circuit. And I was super excited. So we went in. I remember the first time I put the gloves on, I felt, you know, I was like so empowered. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it was fun. It was hard. I was sweating. Um, definitely a challenging workout 
Um, I had invited some of my friends up to the gym as well. You know, hey, come try this circuit style workout. You know, it'll just be us. What was interesting, though, was the gym, the big box gym we were at, had a boxing room, but it was male dominated. So being a woman in there, um, I felt like we were being looked at, that we didn't really belong there. And, you know, once we kind of got that into our heads, it no longer, you know, was as fun as I, you know, wanted it to be, or I had shared that it was going to be. So after that, you know, Len is, is an entrepreneur at heart. He's had multiple businesses. I said, this would be great, but if we could just do it, you know, by ourselves, you know, with only women, I think that'd be really special. So with that being said, that was kind of the, you know, birth of jabs. Um, he went out, we found a local welder, he did a rendering of a boxing ring and we didn't have any money. So, I mean, I was a school teacher. I went down to ASU and I, I marched up to ASU's financial aid department and I had asked for all of my student loan money. And I remember the day I handed the check to Len and I said, okay, you know, here we go. We have $18,000. Let's see how far this can take us. And um, so Jobs was started on a student loan back in 2012. Wow, that's fascinating. So did did you immediately, you know, stop your pursuit in the education field and kind of jump right in or? Oh, no, no. Um, as the as Jabs built, I mean, we just found a little place in a warehouse. And of course, you know, we were on a low budget. So um, the workouts and everything were being written up. And I had started inviting some of my school friends and I definitely, you know, I still needed income. I still needed to pay the bills. So I still was a teacher. I taught for four more years while jabs kind of continued to grow. And then when we really started heavily franchising um, is when I had to walk away from my teaching career, you know, just focus mainly on jabs. So the first Jabs studio opened up in 2012, right? Yes. Okay. So at that point in time, I mean, talk to me a little bit, because I think it's helpful for the audience, you know, to kind of learn about the process of once you get the idea in your head, and now you're going to take that next step to move forward. You went, you looked for a location, but then what did you guys think about? What did you do to really kind of put it in motion, you know, going beyond, hey, this would be great you know, to do this, how did you begin preparing it to set it up as the first studio and then on into the franchise realm? Yeah. So when we first started um, Jabs, to be quite honest with you, I was 26 years old. I didn't even really know what franchising was. Um, this was just going to be, you know, something exciting, something we could see if, you know, the community was excited about it. So when I, when we looked for a location, it wasn't a prime location. It was actually in the back of a warehouse. There was no air conditioning. There was carpet on the floor. We had no signage. It was very, very difficult to find how we kind of spread the word as we started offering just free weeks, like, Hey, come in and try jabs. And it really word of mouth is really what built our business. Um, when the women were coming in there, we had, you know, women that had never worked out before women that, um, you know, were avid athletes and everybody just wanted to bring their friends to jab. So once we outgrew that small warehouse, that is when we found our first retail location. Again, never thinking that this was, you know, going to be a franchise, always just, wow, this is a great business to be a part of. 
the first studio that we found was in a shopping center that was kind of dead, but in a, in a good part of town. And Len and I actually put paper on the on the windows and demoed everything ourselves. You know, looking back, I'm like, we could have done something some differently. But um, we definitely were on a budget. And looking at the studio, you know, seven years ago compared to where it is now, it's definitely evolved. We knew that we wanted to, you know, create a space where women could feel comfortable coming in, you know, get a good workout. So you know, with that being said, again, we just started word of mouth. We got little free week posters put up and how we actually had our first franchisee is we um, had a woman come in and she was a great client. She drove pretty far to jobs. Um, so this was within our first year, Josh, of being open. And she said, you know, I love jabs. I want the people in my community to come to jabs, um, but it's kind of far. Do you guys franchise? And I'm thinking in my head, I don't know what franchising is, right? And Lana's like, of course we franchise. So um, with that being said, we went and we borrowed more money from, which is now my husband, but at the time, um, you know, I, it was just my boyfriend, but we borrowed money and we got an FDD written up and that's how we sold our first franchise. That's how it happens a lot is, you know, people come in and they love what you're doing. They love the model. They love the system and they go, Hey, are you, you selling franchises? And, and so often, you know, what you just said is what other entrepreneurs experience as well. It's like, well, no, but now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, you know, and it's great. And all of our, you know, our first, I would say 10 franchisees, all were former clients of jabs, you know, that people were driving from far away and wanting to bring jabs to a, a community near them. So we definitely grew organically in that sense. We didn't really even advertise heavily that we were franchising. Um, people just came in, they fell in love with jabs and they wanted to have a jabs of their own. So that's what kind of led us down the franchising road. So tell me, let's take a, a little bit of a step back and because I want to talk about the franchise element of it, but tell me about the actual circuit training. Tell me what is the circuit training that you guys put women through as, as they come into your gym? Kind of describe it for us. Yeah, sure. So um, when you walk into the Jab Studio, it's definitely, you know, very clean. Um, we have a full-size boxing ring. Our focus is definitely on fitness, not fighting. But our circuit workouts are based on a high-intensity interval training. Um, we throw over a 1,000 punches per class. We have 16 different stations that change every single day. So you never have to, you know, worry about getting bored about the workout and everything is pre-written for our owners, you know, to execute the workout on that day. So the ladies, we only have 16 girls per class, which I think is a, you know, a great thing about jabs. You don't have 40 people crowded into to one space. So everybody has to sign up prior to coming to class. We go through a circuit. So you know, you can start at station one, you can start at station eight, um, and you go through the circuit two times. So we do a 10 minute warm up. We have a 37 minute circuit, and then we do a five minute cool down. So you're in and out of there in 55 minutes. We incorporate, you know, um, plyometrics, we incorporate core work, we incorporate strength training. You know, we have days that are dedicated where we're on the pull up bar, where we're using resistance bands, where we're, we're utilizing weights. And then we have other days where we're really focus a lot on cardio, but we really think that we provide, you know, full service workout. A lot of our girls that come to jabs is not, you know, a supplement 
to their workout. It becomes their main workout. And so with a limit of 16 per class, I mean, do you guys do a monthly sort of subscription model where, you know, they're paying a monthly fee or do, do people pay per class or what's your business? Structure? Yeah. So I would, so about 70% of our revenue comes from people on a auto pay or monthly membership. So we do do unlimited classes and that is definitely by far our most popular uh, packages, but then we also offer a 10 class pack that can be used over 60 days for people that are maybe traveling or, you know, they don't get to jobs that often, but the bulk of our clients are definitely on um, recurring memberships. Well, so, and you had said, you know, obviously you thought about franchising when one of your own customers came in and, and talked about it from that point going forward, what was that process like for you? Because, you know, now that you've gone through it, you know, but a lot of people don't realize that, you know, setting up a franchise is a lot more than just getting a franchise disclosure document, the FDD, and putting it together. I mean, you really have to get your systems locked down. You got to get your operations in place. What was that process like for you guys? Because it was relatively early in the startup of the Jabs boxing business. Yeah, it was very early. Like I said, it was less than a year in. So we really needed to, it was just Len and I, I mean, it was just the team of the, of the two of us. And we really needed to get, what is our mission? What's our mission statement going to be? Honestly, we, we researched a lot of successful fitness franchises. You know, we download a lot of documents and we kind of just reworked everything to almost emulate those that have, you know, been very successful in what they're doing. And, you know, it's constantly evolving. We have, I would say now, not, not that we didn't before, but we definitely have a very strong system in place now, you know, like with our sales program, with our operations manual, just you know, we've, we've come a long way, but yeah, it's definitely been a process. I've learned a lot from our first FDD to, you know, our current FDD, but it's, it's a lot of learning, you know, being a franchisor, you definitely have to do your homework. You definitely want to, you know, read and research, you know, those that are, that are really strong in your field. And so you guys have about 20 franchises at this point. Yeah, we have 20 franchises and we have four corporate locations. And are they all based in the Arizona area or where, where are they located? Yeah. So um, like a bulk of them are based in Arizona. We're almost sold out here in our territories in Arizona. And then we just opened up two franchise locations, one in New Jersey and one in Philadelphia, where we had, you know, record breaking memberships. It was really fun. Um, you know, of course, jobs obviously as a business and, and people get into, you know, jobs for multiple different reasons. Obviously, we want them to be passionate about wanting to help the community and, and help women. But we've seen jobs, you know, just grow like in, in new markets. And of course, you're, you're nervous to go into a new market, but jobs has been so well received. Our Ridley Park opening just exploded. We had to add about 12 new classes the first week. Um, we tripled our goal, our target membership. So um, I'm excited to, you know, continue to grow on the, on the East coast. Well, and obviously going from Arizona to the East coast is going across the country. What was that like for you having, you know, opened or sold the franchises in sort of, you know, relatively close geographic location to now going all the way to the East coast? I understand why you guys are from Philadelphia. It sounds like, you know, you wanted to have an impact back there, but what was that really like once you got that open, especially with with having more interest than you even thought you would have. 
Yes, definitely a little difficult. You know, like you said, here in Arizona, if we have a problem or if they're, you know, a franchisee needs support, we can easily drive there. And obviously when you have studios 2,500 miles, it's a little different. We spent a couple of weeks with our franchisees. Again, just learned a lot about how we would do this again, um, opening up in a new state. We have hired, you know, some some support staff. We made sure that we spent a lot of time training our franchisees. They came out to Arizona. They spent a week here. We spent two weeks with them in their locations. It was really, you know, like a hand-holding process. And it still is. You know, we have weekly calls with them and they're able to access us daily. But I mean, it's it's fun and exciting, but it, it was, it's definitely been a little bit challenging, especially because they've grown so much. Our, our Ridley Park location just opened at the end of April. And we almost had to turn off our marketing dollars for that studio because we're almost at max capacity. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. It's It's been challenging, but um the stories and the women that we have met are just, they're so awesome and so amazing. I'm looking forward to, to popping more studios up on the East coast. Who's an ideal franchisee that would fit your model? I mean, somebody who, you know, I understand it might fit a lot of people, but if you, if you and Len had the ability to go hand pick, who would fit that mold? What would their background be? What would their experiences be? You know, what, what does somebody need to bring to the table? to be a Jabs boxing franchisee? So I would say that to be an ideal Jabs franchisee, you definitely have to be, you know, passionate about helping people. You don't have to be an expert in fitness, but you really have to be passionate about helping people. You have to be willing to work really hard. I think that, um, you know, having the tools and, you know, that's the beauty of buying a franchisee, but you really have to drive, drive the bus, right? Drive that business. So somebody that's really willing to work hard, somebody that has a little bit of flexibility. We do look for owner operators, people that are going to be in the studio often, but we, I mean, we do have investors as well, but yeah, just passionate about helping people and, you know, wanting to really work hard and, and grow their business and really follow the jabs plan. We've spent the last seven, eight years building up the jabs name. And we want people that really believe in, in Len and I and believe in the brand and, and want to, you know, continue to move forward. In terms of operators, are you guys looking for multi-unit operators for people to come in and buy, you know, a number of different stores that they're going to develop or individual units, or do you have a preference? Um, you know, right now, our first original franchisees have purchased an additional unit, which is fine. We're really targeting, you know, single unit operators now, but we have had people, for example, a, a woman in California, she wants to buy multiple units. You know, we feel comfortable with her. We feel confident with her. So I think it just depends on the situation. We don't have one really preference or, or other. Yeah, just looking for passionate owners. Well, obviously this has happened all very fast, right? I mean, it was it was essentially seven, eight years ago where you had this idea. Thinking back to that time and then flashing forward now, what's one or two things that you wish you would have known <laughs> back then <laughs> that you learned now in terms of the franchise model? There's quite a few things I would say. You know, you really want to be selective in who you you know, bring in as a franchisee and, you know, we do have great owners, but you are, you know, kind of jobs is like your baby and you want to decide who's, who you're going to let hold your baby. Um, so really, you know, getting to know your owners before franchising out 
is is a big one and that's you know we haven't made obviously we haven't made any mistakes but i would just say that often i see uh new concepts grow and they grow really fast but they're not growing with the right people so if i could give advice to you know somebody that is looking into franchising is be patient and really look for the right people to grow your brand And many people often think this even now, like that, you know, I own or we own four corporate stores and then everybody else just has the Jabs name. No, you literally have like an umbilical cord attached to these people. These are your partners. These are your franchise family. So you're going to be connected to them and you're going to be working as a team. So you, you don't just, you know pop these stores open and then that's it. So you buy, you have a responsibility to your franchisees to continue to support them and continue to evolve your brand and continue to have, you know, best practices and and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's always like what I always tell, you know, people I work with is that as a franchisor, it's so important that you understand the value you provide at the outset, which is pretty clear, right? I mean, you're providing somebody an opportunity to start a business that they probably have not had experience in and you're providing them with a roadmap. But the real key is long-term, what's that value? So that the franchisee month in and month out is saying, yeah, I'm getting all sorts of new programs from Jabs. I'm getting all sorts of new trainings, all sorts of new circuits, I mean, all those kinds of things that I think help continue to solidify, as you said, the umbilical cord or the tie to the franchisor. And I think sometimes franchisors maybe don't think about that as much right. at the outset, but I think it becomes really prevalent years down the road as they continue to grow. Exactly. I 100% agree. Well, if you want to learn more about Jabs Boxing, go to facebook.com forward slash Jabs Boxing. That's J-A-B-Z Boxing or on Instagram at Jabs Boxing Official. Any other contact information you want to leave for anybody who's interested in speaking with you? Sure. I mean, you can always contact um, me directly via email. It's just Kim, K-I-M at jabsboxing.com. Or you can just visit our website at jabsboxing.com to check out Jabs and see some videos and um, and to meet our staff. Well, thanks so much for spending a few minutes to come on. I really think, uh, you know, as I said at the outset, I do love niche really niche franchises, and this certainly qualifies as one. So I wish you nothing but the uh, best of luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.